I'm going to give you this word. I'm, I'm not going to preach because it's already late, and, and I, and, but I'm going to give you this word. I was telling Judy on the way over here, I said, I don't really understand today because everything that I've looked at this morning, it's almost like I could preach that, I could preach that. But in all of it, the worship, the, the word worship has been standing out to me. They started out singing this morning about worship. And so I want to share this with you this morning. And, and I'm going to be real brief. In the book of Numbers, chapter 16, there's a story about three men. One of them's name is Korah. The other one's is Dathan and Abiram. And in this story, the children of Israel are moving through the wilderness. Korah and, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, they stand up against Moses. And to make a long story short, they stood up in rebellion against Moses and against the priesthood. In effect, what they said was, do, do you, Moses and Aaron, think that y'all are the only ones that are anointed in this place? Do y'all think that, that God can only use you? We think that we can be just as effective as you. It was a rebellion, all right? And they rebelled against Moses and Aaron and the priesthood. To make a long story even shorter, God judged Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. As a matter of fact, it was such a, such a severe judgment that, that Moses said, okay, we're going we're gonna to see. I want you to get your censors, get censors and bring them and stand before me tomorrow. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they gathered all their house. You can, can, if y'all threw soaking, y'all can go. But they stood before Moses and here's what the Bible says, that as they were standing before Moses, the Bible says this, that the earth opened up. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram and their families were swallowed up. God's judgment was swift. As a matter of fact, before that was over, Nearly 15,000 people died because of the judgment of God that had fallen. Because these three men stood up and said, do you think you're the only one that's anointed? You say, Pastor, why, why are you bringing that? I bring, I'm bringing it out because of this. The Bible says this, that the families of Dathan and Abiram 
were all destroyed. And it says that Korah was there with them. So I always thought that, well, all of these families, their children, all of them were destroyed. But if you look in Numbers chapter 26 and verse 10, and just, just, just bear with me. I really believe, guys, that God is so wanting to do something in worship. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about standing here with a, with a worship team. That's included. But I believe that God is wanting to do something in individual people's lives in the area of worship. Now listen, don't throw this at me that this is the way I was raised to be quiet, calm, and collected in church. So that don't throw that at me because I'm going to respond to you. Because I want to tell you something. That when the Spirit of God gets on the inside of an individual's life, we've been talking about this, that we're mind, we're body, soul, and spirit. And when the Spirit changes, when God takes that old man out and puts a new man inside of you, the Bible says that we become a new creature in Christ Jesus, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. When that happens, it doesn't matter how you were raised. God took that out and put something new inside of you. So when God does that, what happens then is what's inside of me begins to affect the outward part. What's inside of me begins to affect my mind. It begins to affect my will and my emotions. And God spoke to me very clearly, and he said, Son, he said, I want people to rise up and allow me to be a display of the anointing and the power in their lives because there are many people that call themselves saved and born again and delivered that if you looked at them and watched them, you would never know it. God said the emotion of man was placed in them by me. And he said people are not allowing their emotions and their minds and their will to be affected by my power. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. So, so you understand, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they, their families were judged by the, by the judgment of God. They were wiped out. Several, listen, several years ago, I was reading and I was reading in the book of Psalms. I don't remember which Psalm I was reading. But I was, I, was, I was about to read this Psalm. And up at the top of the Psalm, it had this caption. A Psalm of the Sons of Korah. And it caught my attention. And I said, where did they come from? Because their father and the family was destroyed by God because of sin. And so I began to look, 
And I looked a little bit, couldn't find anything, went on. This has been two or three years ago. And it's almost on a regular basis, every year, this thing about core would come up. And every time I'd start looking at it, I'd get a little bit more information. About three months ago, I started looking at it again, and I, I began to get some information. I said, this is it, God. This is what you want me to do. This is what I'm finally going to get to preach this message. Listen. Psalm 42. Psalm 44. Psalm 45. 46. 47. 48. 49. Psalm 84. 85. 87. Psalm 88. All of those psalms have that caption, a psalm of the sons of Korah. So as I began to study a little bit and began to look, I came across this scripture in, in Numbers 26 and verse 10. It says this, And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. When that company died, when the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a warning. Listen to this. But the sons of Korah did not die. <laughs> and the next place that we see them is in the book of Psalm. Can you put up Psalm 42 and verse 1 for me, please? As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Verse 2. Come on and follow along with me in verse 2. Somebody got a Bible. Anybody got a Bible? <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you, baby. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 3, my tears have been... My food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? This is what the Lord spoke to me about the sons of Korah. God said, son, he said the sons of Korah became worship leaders. He said it was a worship that was born and birthed out of tragedy. It was a worship that was born and birthed out of rejection, out of being ashamed and humiliation. He said they watched their father being judged by the hand of God. They watched their family die because of the judgment hand of God on their lives. They were the only ones that stood and walked away from the judgment that day. 14, nearly 15,000 people died as a result of what their father instigated and the judgment of God fell on it. 
And he said, but son, he said, I spared them just as I have spared others to let them know that they didn't give up, they didn't lay down, they didn't quit, they kept their eyes on me, God said. And he said, son, out of their shame, out of their rejection, out of their uh, humiliation and all of that, he said, I brought worship. And so everywhere you see the sons of Korah mentioned, it is a worship. These things I remember, verse 4, as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Look at verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him because he is my salvation. Listen, can I tell you something this morning? There's a sons of Korah anointing that I believe that God is going to begin to release. And here's the thing, guys. If worship causes you to get uncomfortable, you need to check yourself. Listen, you might not do it like me, and I'm not going to do it like you. But there's something about worship that God is saying in 2023. He said, I'm going to bring people that have been in the shame. I'm going to bring people that have not been able to hold their head up because of family things, because of things that others have done in your life, and you've walked around with your head hanging down because you didn't want to lift up your head. You didn't want people to recognize you because you were ashamed about something that took place in the past. God said, I'm going to raise people up that have lived their life dealing with rejection because you were rejected by your mom or your dad. You were rejected by your family. And how in the world could a holy God love somebody like me. But God said, I'm about to do some things. I'm about to raise up some men and women that have walked in rejection, that have dealt with rejection and have tried to get out of it, but it wouldn't happen. God said, I'm about to raise up some men and women that all of a sudden that rejection thing's going to be broken from over your life and you're going to find yourself standing up before people with your hands lifted up in worship. I'm a, God said, I'm about to raise up some daddies and some mamas that their children have gone the other way and caused great shame on the family. But God said, I'm about to raise up daddies and mamas that are going to stand up. And he said that Korah anointing is going to begin to rise up and they're going to begin to worship. And God said as they begin to worship, it's going to be a, a light. It's going to be a sound to a generation of people that there is nothing that you've been through, nothing thing that you can go through that can stop the anointing of God. God said there's a Korah that's about to rise up in you. And God said just receive it and quit trying to figure it out. Hallelujah. I 
I know this morning might not be for everybody, but I'm telling you, it's for somebody this morning that God said there's a Korah in you that's wanting to rise up. Now listen, thank you guys for that music. Man, y'all might, we, woo, we might be here at 1 o'clock. Listen, listen. I, I am not bashing other churches. Other churches might not worship like McCullough. Because other churches don't have the mandate on them that McCullough has. So I'm not going to, I'm not bashing the church. I'm not bashing the church you were raised in and all that. But you're in McCullough now. We done got you on video. All right? But here's the thing. The Old Testament is a shadow of what God was going to do in the New Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Why are you saying that, Pastor? I'm saying this. He said, if you look in the Old Testament... Men like Jehoshaphat, men like Joshua. You remember when they walked around the walls of Jericho? The seven days that they walked around and God said, don't open your mouth. Don't play any music. Be quiet. Don't say a word. And they walked around in silence. But God said on the seventh day, I want you to shout. I want you to blow the trumpet. And when they did, what happened? The walls fell down. I just heard the Lord saying while I was talking about that, he said, son, this is the seventh day. He said, there's some things that are about to be completed. He said, son, tell them they've been walking around long enough that I'm about to release them to open their mouth. I'm about to release them to shout unto me. He said, because I'm about ready to break some walls down. Remember Jehoshaphat? He was surrounded. And I, I'm, I'm fixing to quit. But remember, they, had, they, they were outnumbered by the enemy. He was scared to death, worried. They were about to lose the battle, Sister Judy. Didn't know how to get away from it. Didn't know how to deal with it. God, God gave them some crazy, crazy, crazy revelation. He said, I want, I want you to, he said, I want you to call Sandy, get her to get the worship team together, get the musicians together, and I want you to put them out in front. And I'm standing there, God. Do you understand? We're facing an enemy that's got weapons in their hands and all that, and you want me to put Sister Sandy and the worship team out front to fight the battle. They don't even know how to shoot a gun, and you want me to put them out in front to fight this battle. 
How many of you know that I believe we're walking into a time when the revelation of God that he gives you will be contrary to your circumstance? He said, yeah, I want you to put them out there because the battle's not yours, but it's mine. So we put the worship team out front. And we release them to, be, to begin to worship. And they go and start singing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I'm in the back back there telling uh, brother, brother Jimbo Ashcraft and the, and the security team, get your guns out. Get ready because we're fixing to go to battle. Because I'm fighting battles the way they always fought them. Without recognizing the revelation of God. And so I run back up to the front to check on the worship team. And I look out across the battlefield. And all the, the enemy is laying on the battlefield ten toes up. You know what? Sister Sherry knows what I'm talking about. God's already won the battle. I didn't have to fire my weapon. I didn't have to unsheath my sword. I didn't have to throw my spear. I didn't have to shoot a bow and arrow. All I had to do was sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me and lift my hands in worship. And God, see there's something about worship that the church has not yet tapped into because we've been standing around watching the devil beat us up and beat our children up and beat our families up. And God said, I'm about to raise up some chorus that have already seen that. They know what it's like to walk in defeat. They know what it's like to walk in depression and oppression. But I'm about to raise up some men and women that are gonna stand up and just lift up your hands. Listen, I might not even be able to open my mouth, but I can lift my hands. Sister Faye, I might not even be able to get up out of my seat, but I can lift my hands. Listen, I'm telling you, there's about to be an hour in McCullough Christian Center. that everywhere you look, hands are going to be raised. There's about, I'm going to just go ahead and prophesy, okay? There's about to be an hour that when worship, and listen, don't be surprised if we don't change the whole dynamics of the service to make way, because there's going to be an hour that this place right here is is, is going to be impassable because people are going to be gathered up here with their hands raised and worship. 
There's going to be an hour when you can watch daddies grab their wives by the hand and their children and say, come on, we're going out there and we're going to worship the Lord. Because the day of darkness is over. The day of gloom and doom is over. I'm about to step in to another anointing. I'm about to step in to a fresh power of the Holy Ghost moving in my life. Can I, I'm fixing to close, but I want to give you one more. Baby, I'm sorry. I told you I wasn't going to say this this morning, but I got to say it. Listen. All you guys remember last Sunday when we got up here? And we spoke that word over your life and into your life that God said you are a man of valor. Just, just the power of that word. The breath. The breath. The breath, brother. The breath of God. I sat down this morning. I was reading out of the book of John chapter 4, I think it is, about the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. She was carrying on a conversation with Jesus. Jesus asked her where her husband was. She said, I don't have one. He said, I know you got five, and, and the one you're with now is not your husband. She was a Samaritan. By the way, Jesus uh, wasn't even be, supposed to be talking to a woman. Back during that time, the rabbis wasn't even allowed to talk to their wives on the streets of the city or their children. And here's Jesus talking to this woman of Samaria in a public place. But Jesus got through dealing with her life. Listen, Jesus got through dealing with her life. Dealing with those things that had bound and held her back for years. Dealing with those things that caused her to come to the well for water after everybody else had disappeared because she didn't want to be seen by other people because she was ashamed of the past of her life. But Jesus got through dealing with that. And you know what? The next subject that arose was, it was worship. Because she messed up and said, our fathers used to worship in this same place. And Jesus said, dear, <laughs> I, let me tell you something. He said, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, I don't know about your daddy and how they worshiped. He said, but I'm telling you that this hour, those God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's pretty awesome. But I looked up that word worship. Somebody said, oh, my goodness, he didn't, he's done added 15 more minutes to the sermon. I looked up that word worship, 
And the first thing that, that just blasted out to my eyes was this, that worship, the definition to it is licking the hand like a dog licks the hand of its master. many of you got dogs in the house or dogs at your house? How many of your dogs licks your hands? Cats are not of God. That's the reason they don't lick your hands. Okay? dog likes to lick the hand of its master. When you want to make friends with a dog, you hold your hand out. And he smells your hand, and if he licks your hand, you're okay. That's the kind that's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about woman. There's coming a day when those that the Father is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. Those that will humble themselves down and bow down. And also it means not only that, but it means to prostrate yourself on the floor. It means to lay out before God in worship. It means to bow down before God, Brother Carl, in worship. It's, it's, oh, it's not, it's not pretty worship. It's radical worship. It's radical, like Jehoshaphat said. It's radical, like Joshua said. It's radical like David said when his wife looked out the window and mocked him. David said, I'm not doing this for you. By the way, she wound up barren. She didn't have any children. Why? You better be careful about talking about worship. All right, I'm fixing to get to where I was going. It's radical worship. It is worship out of the ordinary. It's worship that doesn't always make sense to our finite minds. No, 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 no. It's not a Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, holiness, charismatic thing. Uh -uh. It's a God thing. It's a Jesus thing. I'm sorry, guys. Y'all think I'm preaching to you, don't you? I'm going to go over here on this side. It's a God thing. We've made it a church thing. Well, I don't like the way they do it at McCullough, so I'm going to go down the road. They don't do that down there. You better ask Jesus about what you're doing. But here's the thing. Listen to me real closely. Going back to Judges 
going back to Gideon and this man of valor thing. Gideon and his army of thousands were facing an enemy of thousands. God took them through a process of reducing the number of the army. And just before Gideon had a nervous breakdown, God said, Gideon, I want you to do one more thing. And I don't even remember because I wasn't planning on preaching this. I don't remember how many men he took down to the water. But he took his army down to the river, and God said this, Gideon, and I'm paraphrasing. God said, Gideon, I want you to, I want you to watch the men that get down on their face and, and drink. And I want you to separate them from the men who get down and lap the water like a dog. It was the ones that lapped the water like the dog that God said, those 300 men, Gideon, are the ones that I'm going to put a pitcher in their hand, a vase in their hand with fire down in it, and I'm going to set a trumpet in their hand. They're the ones that I want you to, they're, go, they're going to be the ones that you fight this battle with catch this. Might be a little bit out there for you, but catch this. Jesus, Holy Spirit, is the water of life. Jesus said, out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. Isn't it amazing that God took those men to a river? And depending on how you drank out of the river was the one that was going to be chosen to carry the pitchers filled with fire with a trump that symbolizes the voice of God. Remember what Jesus said? God is... God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and the truth when the dog licking the hand. I believe that when they knelt at that river and began to drink that water like a dog, it was crazy looking. It didn't sound real good. Come on, really? God's not looking for people that have been to etiquette school on worship. God's not concerned about your etiquette in worship. God is only looking for people that will say, I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it sounds. I don't even care how you think and what you think about me. I don't care about any of that. I just want 
to get in touch with God. I just want God to be pleased. I am here to please God. I'm not here to satisfy the ideas of people. I'm not here to satisfy people's thinking and all of that, but I'm here to worship God. And if I lick his hand like a dog, then let me do that because that is my true worship. The sons of Korah. The sons of Korah. Think about that. Because we're going to be talking more about it. Would you stand with me, please? Just in case I didn't make this clear, and we're fixing to close. Listen, that little lady out at Chins, I saw her the other day. And when I started out the door, she said, I see you Sunday. So she knows you're coming, so relax. They're going to have plenty of chicken waiting on you. All right? But just in case you didn't get what I'm saying, God brings worship out of the most unexpected undeserving places that you can ever imagine and God is about to bring worship out of your life the only thing that I can tell you if you don't want it to happen in your life you better quit praying But I'm praying, so it's not going to do you any good. It, it's going to happen. Father, Lord, it's moments like this that we know, that we recognize there's one who's greater is in the house. Father, it's moments like this that we recognize that your presence and your power is in this place. And Father, we recognize this morning that, that heaven is filled with worship. Heaven is filled with adoration and exaltation of who you are. So, Father, we stand here this morning, Father, and, God, I just speak over this house. Lord, you know everyone that's here today, and you see them. You understand. And, Father, God, this morning, I thank you for the breath of heaven. I thank you for the breath of your anointing that's breathing over this house right now. Would you slip up your hand if, if you say, Pastor, I, I want to be that worshiper. I want to be that one that when I begin to worship, that the power of God begins to break through and break into my life. Pastor, I'm willing to say yes, God, 
Take me to another place of anointing. Take me to another place. If that's you this morning with your hands lifted up. Father, breathe. Breathe on this house, Father. Breathe on this place with hands that are raised and, and lifted up. Breathe, Father. Let the breath of God come. Let the breath of heaven breathe in this place this morning. In the name of Jesus. Let it come. Let it come. Take me past the outer courts into that holy place. Jesus, come on in. Just worship him, guys. Give him a little bit. Give him a moment. Get past what the one next to you is going to think about you. Get past what somebody might say about you. Jesus, breathe, breathe, Father, breath, breath, God. dissatisfaction give me a holy dissatisfaction God let me not be satisfied with just a little bit of who you are but God give me a worship give me a worship give me a worship Father that when I'm on the street that the glory of heaven rests upon me Give me a worship, Father, that when I'm in my living room, my unsaved spouse will know that there's something about me that's different. Father, give me a worship that's radical for you. Jesus. 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 Thank you for the impartation this morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the impartation. Thank you this morning. Thank you this morning. do something this morning that you've not done before 
whether it's raising your hands, whether it's lifting up your voice, whether it's getting on your knees, whether it's clapping, whatever, just do something that you've not done before and see what God will do. Jesus. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. I have watched, I watch TV, and I see these places where there are thousands and thousands of people gathered in the streets or in churches or auditoriums with their hands lifted up and worshiping. Just last week, Judy and I were in a, in a church and thousands of people in it and all of them were worshiping and it was an awesome experience. But I watched and I've seen these masses of people just worshiping. And I wondered, God, if that church or that ministry is in the center of that city with that many people on a, on a, in a service that are worshiping, that are radically worshiping and praising, God, why is it that that city is not being changed by the power of God? Now listen, I'm not judging and I'm not condemning, but I want you to hear me out. God, why is that? This is what the Lord began to speak to my heart. He said, son, we have birthed a generation of people that respond to the sound of music. They respond to the sound of a voice. He said, they respond to somebody leading them in worship. He said, but they have never had an encounter with me. He said, it's a worship that is prompted by the sound of a guitar or the sound of a drum. He said, it's not a worship that comes from the inward man. It's not a worship that's based on who I am and relationship with me. That is the cry from the heart of God, ladies and gentlemen, that in this hour that we're living in, I thank God for worship, and I thank God for our worship team, and I thank God for our musicians, and I believe there's going to be a day when, when we're going to have to uh, send musicians up here uh, like they did the priesthood. Today's your turn, so you go. Tomorrow will be somebody else's turn. But I'm telling you this morning that God is saying 
I'm about to do something across this nation. And I'm raising up men and women that when you see them worshiping, hell is going to trem tremble. When they begin to worship, cities are going to be changed. Communities are going to be changed. People are going to be changed by the power of worship. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we exalt you this morning. We glorify you today. We magnify you this morning, God. You are worthy of all honor and all praise. We give you glory today. Thank you this morning, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're birthing worship in your people.